It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right, guys. Welcome back to another Crossover Wednesday. I'm Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons. I'm joined by the host of Locked On Panthers, Bill Rossetti. We're going to be previewing the Falcons versus Panthers in Week 16. So, guys, uh, today's episode is another Crossover Wednesday podcast where the Locked On Falcons podcast and the Locked On Panthers join forces to talk about this Falcons-Panthers matchup on Sunday coming up uh, in Week 16 or, yeah, right? Sunday, right? Or we is it Saturday this weekend? Yeah, no, it's Sunday. Yeah. Okay, the last week threw me off. It, <laughs> it really did throw me off because they usually do the Saturday games like the weekend before uh christmas but uh anyway so today's episode sorry for getting us off to such a weird start um uh, today's episode is, is is sponsored by DraftKings. um we'll be sharing you guys with some uh a fun new exciting wrinkle for that later on in the episode but uh bill welcome back to the show it's been a while since we did this at the start of the season it has been yeah it's hard to believe, you know, the first meeting was way back in week two, and now here it is week 16 already. Like, where where did the season go? I... Yeah, it's weird because both teams have had sort of these ups and downs. Oh, yeah. You know, throughout the season, you know, the Falcons just ended their five-game losing streak against with a thrilling, uh, and I use air quotes for thrilling, victory yeah. over the Arizona Cardinals. The, the Panthers are now just dropped their sixth game in a row with a Monday night loss to the New Orleans Saints. I'm curious, Bill, from your perspective, certainly one of the things I talked about quite a bit on Lockdown Falcons over the last five weeks was why the Falcons kept losing. But just for my listeners that don't listen to Lockdown Panthers every day, sort of if you could summarize, what do you think are some of the big reasons why the Panthers have been struggling over the last six games? Yeah, a lot of it seemed to do... With the defense, they, especially kind of in the secondary, they just seem to have some issues. I don't know if um, they just seem to be aging. I don't know if Mike Adams was kind of getting over the hill. Uh, they they just had a tough time stopping these opposing offenses. Uh, and then their their offense on the flip side just has really kind of struggled, especially the offensive line. You know, the first half of the season, the Panthers' offensive line was playing so good, and now all of a sudden they're just a, a huge liability. And we saw it Monday Monday night against the Saints. Uh, Cam Newton was just feeling pressure all over the place. You know, he he just never really seemed to have time to throw. And then Cam himself has been a problem too. I, I think he's finally confirmed with a lot of us, and I touched on this on – Tuesday's Panthers pod that I think he kind of confirmed what we all kind of have suspected for a few weeks and it's that shoulder is bothering him a lot more than either he or the Panthers as a team had had kind of led us to believe because there were some throws that a fully healthy cam probably could have made 
that he did not make. One in particular was that interception in the end zone right before halftime. And, you know, Devin Funches didn't even seem like he had a, a shot at it. He just kind of short-armed it right to Eli Apple. So um, it's been kind of a mix of things, but lately it's just been the offense just hasn't been generating enough points. The offensive line just isn't giving Cam Newton enough time. Luckily, Christian McCaffrey, no matter what the issues on the rest of the offense, he's he's been as dominant as ever. I mean, hell, he had he had the only passing touchdown in that entire game. Drew Brees didn't have any. Cam Newton didn't have any. Christian McCaffrey had the only one. But, yeah. you know, Cam said it best. They just find more and more ways to come up short, and that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious sort of looking ahead to this Falcons game. In, in one of the things I noticed uh, I saw on Twitter today where uh, basically Cam Newton, you know, barely threw the ball down the field in this uh, Saints game. And do you wonder if that's going to be, again, an issue going up against a a vulnerable Falcons defense and if they become sort of one-dimensional and Mm -hmm. sort of have to rely on on sort of Christian McCaffrey to carry the offense without having that sort of vertical element in their passing game, which has been sort of the bread and butter of Cam Newton throughout his career, pushing the ball down the field and getting those big splash plays. Do you think this sort of – could be an, another instance where you see even going up against a a pretty weak Falcons defense where um, it's sort of maybe potentially, I wouldn't say say playing to the strengths of the Falcons defense because they have no strengths, but uh, at least maybe not in a position where they can really exploit them in, in the way that they potentially could. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know there's a lot of people even – talking on Twitter, you know, there's rumblings, should the Panthers just shut down Cam Newton for the rest of the season because of the fact that they're more or less out of the playoffs. They still can make the playoffs, but the odds of that happening now are very, very slim. So, I mean, if if you're still rolling Cam out there and he looks as limited as he did Monday night, you're going to have to continue to rely on Christian McCaffrey uh, but even even that's going to be difficult because, you know, the, the Falcons still have pretty good guys up front on the defensive line that can take advantage of what has become a weak link. You know, back back when these teams first met in week two, the offensive line looked a lot better than it does now. And I mean, you have Marshall Newhouse. He he got the start at left tackle. Uh, on Monday, and he hasn't really been the greatest of tackles. So, you know, it's it's really putting Carolina in a, you know, like you said, they really became kind of one-dimensional, and even with a team, even against a team banged up like the Falcons, that's that, that's not really the best position you want to be in. You know, I, I think the, the Falcons can just kind of stack the box, knowing that, Cam is shaken up, or even if you put Taylor Heineke, I mean, who, who knows what they're going to do if, if Cam's going to play or if Heineke's going to play. But yeah, I'm the the concern level is obviously really high as to you know how effectively they can move this ball even against a defense like the Falcons. Yeah, it'll be interesting to sort of see the difference between this game and. Um, earlier in the season where, where McCaffrey sort of uh, really 
sort of went off against the um, Falcons, and because they have Deion Jones back, um, and in in the passing game where McCaffrey had over a hundred yards receiving, mm-hmm. and you know with Deion Jones back, and, and what was notable last season, and one of the things I've talked about over the last you know year or so now uh, with. Um, Deion Jones was that he did a really good job of shutting down Christian McCaffrey in that week 17 game last season and so if the Panthers offense is funneled through McCaffrey and then you have Deion Jones not necessarily you know I'm not necessarily expecting him to shut down Christian McCaffrey but certainly to do a lot less damage um, than he did the last time they faced the Falcons then if you don't have Cam doing his thing, you obviously don't have Greg Olson uh, in the lineup. You, you don't have C.J. Anderson. You know, you, you still have Funches. You still have D.J. Moore. But if, um, if, if unless somebody else can sort of step up and, and sort of be that guy that can also create on the ground or through the air, then I think this Panthers team is going to have some difficulty putting up points. Uh, even mm-hmm. against a, a defense as bad as the Falcons. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup, that, that Christian McCaffrey versus Deion Jones matchup, which I yep. think if, if if Deion Jones at least is able to keep McCaffrey contained, I think that's going to be a problem for the Panthers. No, and you're right. And um, as far as, like, you know, some of the other players stepping up, I mean, he he was pretty quiet on Monday night, but – Ian Thomas is is a guy that I think you got to watch for because we saw in the Browns game how quickly Cam has already put trust in this guy in, in place of Greg Olson, you know, and and this was a kid, of course, and you know we've we've kind of touched on him in the past, but this is a kid that uh, the Panthers were really high on. At, uh, of course, took him with the first pick of the fourth round. Uh, he, he's a kid that I think is really going to continue to develop, and really excited to see what he can do as he grows in this offense. So, you know, he's he's another guy that you're going to have to um, really keep an eye on. Devin Funches, I think, only played like 11 snaps Monday, so very quiet day out of him. Uh, just the entire passing game. So that that's something that's got to step up. You know, the, the, hopefully the defense can play as well as they did and we'll get we'll get to the defense a little bit but the offense like i said other other than mccaffrey somebody's got to continue to step up you mentioned dj moore has done a fantastic job of that but it, it's really you know it and it, i i sound like a broken record i keep coming full circle but it, it comes down to that offensive line like they've got to get better you know they or at least how do, how, how do i want to put this i mean yeah, you know, you've only got two games left, and they've been struggling the last few weeks. So, you know how how quickly of a change can they really make? But somehow they've got to improve as much as they can to e- even let Cam throw middle of the f- or in, in your short game, even if he can't go deep. You know, at, at least let them expand the playbook somewhat instead of just making him scramble and just relying on Christian. It's I, I don't know. This, this team just gives you so so much cause for concern. You know, it, it, it makes your head spin. What has happened with with this offense and why they're struggling the way they are? Honestly, yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll come back and, and talk a little bit about the Falcons' offense versus the Panthers' defense. But I do want to let you guys know 
that uh, you can find two uh, fantasy football related shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. The first one is Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7, where you can get various injury news and roster updates from around the league, as well as the Locked On Fantasy Experts with Vinny Iyer. I know most of your fantasy football seasons are pretty much over at this point, but uh, maybe you guys want to get ahead of the curve uh, a little bit um, for next season, as well as maybe get some insights potentially into uh, maybe some one-week fantasy that's still going strong at places like DraftKings. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's talk about the um, Falcons offense versus the Panthers defense. And I think this is going to be, you know, the Falcon, one of the reasons why for your Locked On Panthers Listeners, one of the reasons why the Falcons went through that five-game losing streak was largely due to the fact that their offense just really started to struggle, and it wasn't just one thing. It was you know you had some um, questionable performances from Matt Ryan. You had a running game that was improved from earlier in the season, but certainly not enough to carry the offense. You had you know turnovers and drops and fumbles from the wide receivers, and you had some. Um, uh, subpar offensive line performances, and it seemed like each week that one of those units would struggle, uh, and the Falcons couldn't necessarily get anything right going for their offense. And with their, you know, what is a defense that's been one of the worst in the league this season, if you can't basically uh, put up enough points, uh, you know, to sort of counter, uh, then you're, you're going to lose games and, and lose them handily, as the Falcons did in a number of those losses. And so, you know, the Falcons are coming off a 40-point effort against the Arizona Cardinals, uh, one of the worst teams in the league, but it it was sort of their get-right game. And I'll be curious to see if that was just a one-time blip against a Cardinals team um, that, you know, had their own share of offensive struggles. And basically, once the Falcons were able to create some turnovers and, and get in a lead, sort of the Falcons were able to run away with that game. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against this um, Panthers defense, um, particularly because the Panthers defense is so good at stopping the run. They didn't do a great job against the Falcons in that week one or that week two game, and that was uh, a pretty outstanding performance from Tevin Coleman. Um, but you know, the key to the Falcons' success in that game, I thought, was sort of um, being able to control the line of scrimmage, which has been few and far between for this offensive line throughout the season, and as well as they were able to really get the ball in the hands of, of Calvin Ridley, uh, who I think did a number on, on guys like Dante Jackson in that game and, and really sort of had a breakout performance. Um, and one of the issues the Falcons have been dealing with, not only in addition to their offensive line problems, is Ridley has sort of seemingly hit a rookie wall as of late and just hasn't been the same player that he was at the beginning of the year. And so I don't know if the Falcons can re- rely on those two factors to sort of carry them today and and right now there just isn't enough else going on with this offense that I feel overly confident against a pretty stout 
Panthers defense that seems to be going back to, at least in the front seven, back to sort of their reputation as one of the stouter teams up front, um, if they can do anything uh, against that unit. So I'm curious, Bill, if, if you sort of agree with that and or are there some vulnerabilities that you're looking at on this Panthers defense that the Falcons might be able to exploit? No, I mean, you're right. You know, they th- – this defense put up a hell of an effort on Monday night against the Saints. I mean, you hold them to 12 points, uh, you know, and only only let them find the end zone ones, which is pretty impressive. I know the Saints have kind of struggled a bit on offense the last couple of weeks, but still, if holding holding Drew Brees to just 12 points is impressive in, at, at any point, really. So... You're right. the The front seven has really gotten back to its roots, as it were. You know, Luke Keekley just continues to be Luke Keekley. Uh, Thomas Davis, for being seemingly forty five years old, still out there dominating. So, and and then the front four, the way they continue to rotate and get bodies in there, get after the quarterback. Because they, they got after Drew Brees a little bit too on Monday night, and I fully expect them to do the same to Matt Ryan. So I, I think I think where the Panthers probably have the edge is, is is definitely on offense. And, you know, I don't know how confident you feel in the Falcons' offensive line against this Panthers' front four, but... Um, even even the secondary had, took a a major step forward on Monday night. You know, I was really impressed. I was I was really impressed with really all of them, but Dante Jackson just continues to amaze people. You know, he had the pick two against the Saints. He's just been all, all over the field. You know, he had the the rough game against the Steelers against Antonio Brown, but that was kind of to be expected. But overall, I, th- I think, especially being a rookie, he's had a fantastic season. I really think he deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. Um, and then James Bradbury has been pretty consistent all season long as well. So, you know, it, it's back to being a, f- a formidable unit. You know, Ron Rivera having his hands back on on the defense probably might have played a, a, a a role in that, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see come next season. If, you know, if Rivera's still there, who's going to take charge of the defense, but you know, it's really nice to see the defense get back to Panthers defense, you know, Pan, you know, what we've expected from, from the Panthers defense. But like I said, um, I, I'm curious what you think of the, the two lines, you know, is, is, has the Falcons offensive line been playing well? Are they, stout enough to hold against this front four or is Matt Ryan going to be in a little bit of trouble? Well, it's hard to say because I thought they did a pretty good job against the Cardinals um, this past week and and say what you will about the Cardinals being a bad football team, which they are, but the one area of their defense and their roster that you can legitimately say is actually pretty good is their pass rushing has, has been this year. With guys like just wait till next year when they get Nick Bosa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, with guys like Chandler Jones and 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 Marcus Golden, etc. Um, 
So they they held up a lot better against that front than I thought they would. So typically what happens is, oh, like they raise the bar of expectations and, and then don't meet it the following week. So I, I, I don't want to get too overconfident to think that they, um, you know, since they were able to hold their own against the Cardinals front, who I think is a better front overall, at least in terms of rushing the quarterback than the Panthers front, that they'll be able to do that again this week. So I think it will be interesting to sort of see whether or not that happens. But I'm not too confident with it, with basically you have three backups in right now uh, with, um, you know, two guards on injured reserve and, and then a right tackle in Ryan Schrader, who's poor performance this season, although I, I think it's probably attributed somewhat to an injury that the team has been covering up, but basically got him benched a couple of weeks ago. So, um, you know, there will be some opportunities for Carolina's defensive line, particularly uh, Kawan Short, I think, um, and, and maybe Mario Addison, who historically does a good job against Jake Matthews, uh, but the earlier this season did not. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a critical matchup because if Jake Matthews can't block Mario Addison, I certainly don't think Ty Sambrello or Ben Garland or Zane Beatles are going to be able to block guys like Julius Peppers and whatnot. So uh, you're, you're going to have, you know, some potential favorable matchups, I think, for the Panthers defensive front. I mean, that, that's just and that's, I guess, a testament to, you know, the kind of the Falcons 2018 season as a whole, you know, all the injuries, you know, I, I hadn't realized like all those guys had been inserted in the starting lineup. I mean, Ty Sambrello has been kind of a, you know, up and down guy over his career. Zane Beatles, he was good when he was in Jacksonville. Um, I guess he's kind of gone downhill a little bit. So, you know, I, I guess they kind of have that in common with Carolina, almost like their own, makeshift offensive line that they're just trying to patch together because you're, you're right that's right uh what fusco fusco and uh Levitre are both on injured reserve i mean boy just just looking at their injured reserve or the players on their injured reserve i mean it's, it's amazing all the talent that they have on there you know just uh it's just been unfortunate for the falcons really yeah definitely it has been and, and that's been something we've talked about a lot on locked on falcons this year is like how much of their struggles have been to blame for the due to the injuries and whatnot. And it seemed like a lot of their early season struggles were, you know, directly related to the injuries due to the defense just basically being horrific and and, and giving up like 37 points a game and whatnot. Um, But I think as of late, the injuries have been less of a crutch for them and it's just, they just have not played well. And so it'll be interesting. I think, to see how the Falcons respond after their get right game uh, against an in a you know inferior opponent with the Arizona Cardinals and whether this week will prove to be the Panthers get right game against an arguably inferior opponent at least based off of how the Falcons have played throughout this season um mm-hmm. you know uh this week so um, it'll be interesting to see which two versions of these two teams show up. If, if the Panthers sort of get up for this game, playing at home and whatnot, uh, if the Falcons have typically not played well on the road throughout the season. So I'm not as optimistic as I would be if they were playing this game at home, uh, coming off of a win. So, um, 
you know, it's it's really a bit of a toss up for me as about who sort of I'm expecting to see in this game. I think there are possibilities for both teams to sort of take control of this game. I think the Falcons kind of need to get off to a fast start because I think if they don't, then Carolina will be able to rely on the running game with Cam Newton and McCaffrey. And then that sort of plays to what we talked about earlier, which is what they're probably going to try to do with the injury to Cam and with some of the other question marks they have elsewhere, just, you know, play a conservative, keep this a low scoring, you know, if they can win this game 13 to 10, I think that's exactly how Carolina wants to do it. But the Falcons mm-hmm. want to get this game, you know, into a, um, a shootout because they just don't have the defense to really keep, you know, to win low scoring games and whatnot. So they just need to basically just go all in and blitz the, 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 the Panthers with, you know, as many points as possible. And then if they can get up early in this game, then that sort of, you know, plays to their strengths as opposed to Carolina's. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Bill, are you, uh, you got any other thoughts on this game? Are you prepared to do a little bit of a prediction? I mean, it is a little unfortunate that this game doesn't have more meaning than we thought it could have at the the start of the season. You know, obviously the Falcons are my biggest disappointment, or at least as far, you know, just the team I'm most upset about because this is the team I thought was going to win the Super Bowl. And then obviously the Panthers have gone from six and two to six and eight, you know, so for the most part, they're, they're just playing for pride. Um, I, I know this is weird, but in a way, too, this is for second place in the division. Um, it, it, teams are obviously going to change. You know, you never know what teams are going to be good year in and year out. But in a way, you could look at this and be like, well, the loser of this game is going to have a bit of an easier schedule next year because the loser of this game might finish third in the division. And that means you're playing teams like... Uh, well, probably Washington, uh, Detroit, and San Francisco, rather than teams like Philly, Green Bay, and uh, Seattle. So, I, I know that's probably a you know a, a little tidbit that might only interest me. But again, it, it, it just sucks that there's not a whole lot riding on this game compared to, you know, the, the way these teams started the season. I mean, I know the Falcons lost the opener, but they were still hung in there tough with the with the Eagles. But, you know, it's it's still a divisional battle. It, it, it should should still be fun. It's the final home game for the Panthers, so, you know, they'll be they'll, they'll be ready to go. So it, it, it still should be an interesting battle because it, it's always good games when the Panthers play the Falcons. I agree. I agree. And I, I would add, I wouldn't necessarily rule the Falcons out from finishing the fourth place in the NFC South quite yet. Sure, they still got to play Tampa. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, one of the things on Lockdown Falcons we've talked about quite a bit is sort of the idea of tanking and trying to get as high a pick as possible uh, just because the hope is that, the, you know, the injuries were more to blame for the Falcons down season. And mm-hmm. so if they can reload with a high pick, and as you mentioned, a, a weaker schedule against some of these other NFC teams, um, then they could be poised to, to make a big improvement in 2019. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, if I was sort of predicting this game, I'm going to predict a Panthers win. 
I think the Panthers will find a way to take care of business. I think the Falcons, I don't trust the Falcons offense anymore, even though they just dropped a 40 burger. Um, I think right now sitting here today, I think that's more of a one time blip. Um, so I'm thinking this is going to be like a 21, 20, it's going to be close, but it's going to favor the Panthers with a little bit of a low scoring performance. What about you? Let me just make a correct. I, I just realized something. I said uh, Green Bay would be a second place schedule. Detroit would be a third place schedule. I completely forgot about Minnesota. Sorry, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Minnesota would be the second place schedule. Green Bay would be the third place schedule. Uh, and if Atlanta or Carolina happens to fall the last, they would see uh, they would see Detroit on their schedule. But in, in any event, this way I get that out of the way, so then I don't get. Don't get people saying, eh, you for- uh, yeah, I don't yeah, get Vikings get fans with the skull be like, yeah, you forgot about us. So, uh, I, you know, I always have tried to use reverse psychology when I make some of these picks, and it really hasn't worked. Um, but it, it's hard for me now at this point to really feel confident in the Panthers, even though they are a home that, you know, that being said, though, the, the defense did just put up a, a great performance against Drew Brees. I was initially going to go with Atlanta, but being at home and, like you said, yeah, the, the Falcons put up 40 points, but let's face it, I, th- I think the Cardinals are pretty much thrown in the towel at this point. Uh, they're they're pretty much on their way to the number one pick in the draft, and they might as well say they should be sending a thank you card right over to San Francisco for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I'm going to go ahead and say the Panthers end the losing streak here and, depending on other results, possibly keep their very, very slim playoff hopes alive. <laughs> but I'll say the Panthers take this one at home. I'll go... I'm going to say it's kind of a low-scoring game as well. I'll say... Seventeen fourteen, Carolina. Okay. Um, well, for Locked On Panthers listeners, if they want to find more of my stuff, they can do so on Twitter. I am at Falcfans, F A L C F A N S, and of course, you can follow uh, the show at Locked On Falcons on Twitter as well as on Facebook and whatnot. And uh, we'll be talking about Falcons and. More, you know, their the Falcons playoff hopes have been dead for a while. So sure. we've been talking more off season stuff and, and sort of potential coaching changes. And I know that's maybe something that's uh, creeping up with Carolina these last couple of games on this losing streak as well. So. Yeah, in fact, I'm reading Roto World right now. I popped up their Falcons feed. I see the blurb about that, about the Sarkeesian. And manual, so that should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Right now, it's just rumors. Um, I think it's more dot connecting than anything at this point. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll see. Like, uh, one of the things I've been speculating for a couple of weeks now is that, you know, depending on how the season finishes, we might see both Manuel and Sarkeesian lose their jobs. It, it feels likely that at least one of those guys is going to lose their job. But right now, it's sort of waffles back and forth between who's the more likely of the two to lose their, their, their job this year. Mm-hmm. 
And the Panthers, of course, kind of in the same boat. It'll be really interesting if Eric Washington comes back for a second season. Or, you know, it, it, they could make a change at the top. You wonder, if, especially if they lose these last two, is that going to be the end for Rivera? So that, that'll that be fun to watch, or or, that'll, or interesting to watch yeah. at least. Yeah. Come uh, Black Monday, as it were. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, I don't think the Falcons will fire Dan Quinn, but uh, that Black Monday could be an interesting one in the NFC South with Tampa Bay and Carolina and Atlanta in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, several coaches potentially losing their jobs on that day. So, you know, a yeah. lot, to, lot to talk about uh, on the, you know, the locked on NFC South. We might have to start a, a, a podcast separately for the, the entire Yeah, division. really. Uh, just to talk about that stuff. But, uh, um, Bill, let the people know where they can find your stuff um, out there on the interwebs. Yeah, um, on Twitter, at Bill underscore Rossetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E, uh, Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, and we'll eventually start doing some more uh, bracketology posts for you college basketball fans over at Rocky Top Talk over at uh, SB Nation. Uh, good year to be writing for that uh, that side as well, since Tennessee is off to a very strong start, especially with the win over Gonzaga. So uh, definitely like this time of year because I get to dabble on both sides of the fence there. So very excited about that. So yeah, a lot, lot of a lot of good times coming for sure. Definitely, especially definitely. with the Panther season just about over. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate yeah. you joining me for another crossover. And absolutely uh, appreciate you you having me on again. Always enjoy talking to you, Aaron. I'm sure we'll talk at some point in the off season when when everything gets settled and yep. and, and, and whatnot with the free agency in the dra- in the draft and see sort of how both teams uh, sort of handled their off season to try to, you know, do whatever they got to do to, to get back in playoff contention yep. uh, next season. Absolutely. For sure. All right, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.